0: What's up, everyone? Here we are back again with this podcast, episode number nine. I'm going to talk about UFC Orlando, which just happened a few days ago, and also UFC 282 is happening this Saturday, the last pay-per-view of 2022. It has been an amazing year for mixed martial arts. And right now we're seeing this new wave, this new generation of fighters come up, right? A lot of legends are retiring, a lot of legends are losing, And a lot of hungry contenders who are young are climbing up the rankings. So this happens every other decade, you know. Uh, It's just part of life, right? You know, it's hard for fighters to stay at the top. And, you know, that's why uh, Anderson Silva was great. GSP was great because they sat at the top for so long. But eventually, eventually, the champions lose and new guys happen to be the champion, right? So... That's what we're seeing right now. But at UFC Orlando, the main event, holy fucking shit. Steven Wonderboy Thompson, he's almost 40 years of age. And for him to be still moving like that is amazing to see. He fought Kevin Holland, a guy who is unranked. Steven Thompson has fought for the title already. And in the first round, Holland had Wonderboy hurt. Wonderboy was against the cage for a few moments, but... Steven Thompson he stayed composed it was all that experience he has he stayed composed he didn't panic too much and that was honestly Kevin Holland's best moment in that fight the first round but rounds two to four it was all Wonderboy Thompson it was interesting that Holland let Wonderboy up when Holland had a chance to grapple with uh, Steven Wonderboy Thompson but he really wanted to just strike and he really wanted to just be a showman Big Mouth, Kevin Holland, he was in it. He was in the fight, but he was losing, right? He was getting beat up. And Wonderboy looked amazing. He was landing so many spinning back kicks. He was landing spinning head kicks, spinning body kicks, and using great combinations. Kevin Holland, we got to give it to him, though. He's a tough motherfucker. He wanted to keep fighting. His hand broke, unfortunately, so his corner stopped the fight after the fourth round. Wonderboy is still ranked in the top 10 at welterweight. Holland is unranked. We're going to see where Holland goes from here. But as far, for, as far as Wonderboy Thompson, I personally would love to see Stephen Wonderboy Thompson move up to uh, the next weight class, middleweight. But that's probably not going to happen just because Wonderboy seems like he loves being a welterweight. And, I mean, he's there's a lot of good matchups for him, you know. He specifically said he doesn't want to face grapplers, right, because that's kind of his kryptonite. But, hey, you know, to be a champion, you're going to have to go against... Uh, All these grapplers and that's why I think him moving up to 185 pounds would be amazing to see because he would be able to face guys like uh, Izzy guys like Pereira uh, Strickland, you know guys who are strikers, but we will see what happens but in the co-main event Rafael dos Anjos the fucking legend he fought in his 33rd UFC fight how amazing He fought against Brian Barberena Brian Barberena is a quality opponent a good brawler But RDA's cardio and grappling will always, always be dangerous for everyone. Honestly, RDA won this fight by a rear naked choke. As soon as RDA was looking to take the back, I knew, hey, RDA's got this. He's a legend. He's got so much experience. His cardio was obviously on display. He was too much for Brian Barberena. And a lot of people thought Brian Barberena was going to win because, like I said in the intro of this podcast, a lot of legends have been losing and retiring but no rda showed that he is still competitive in the ufc he can still not only beat people but finish people by jujitsu so that is awesome to see rda did call out mcgregor after the fight i personally do not think that fight will happen just because mcgregor i highly doubt he wants to fight a grappler i know there's history out there because they were supposed to fight in 2016 But I don't see RDA fighting McGregor. Who knows? Maybe it could happen, you know? Maybe. But RDA, you know, he definitely needs to rest up, right? He deserves it. He's had a good year. Because earlier this year, RDA got knocked out by Rafael Fiziev, a top contender at lightweight. And he decided to move back up to welterweight, And he's got to win. So good for RDA. At UFC Orlando, another awesome fight happened, which happens to be my all-time favorite weight class. The flyweights. Mateus Nicolaou, he fought against Matt Chanel. I actually watched Matt Chanel fight in Arizona, I believe, live. And he got uh, guillotined quick by Brandon Royvall. I think that is who submitted him. But Matt Chanel's last fight was amazing because it was basically like he resurrected and came back and finished his opponent. As for Mateus Nicolau, I didn't know too much about him, but uh, hey, he's... Ranked in the top ten, which has to say something, right? But damn, Mateus Nicolaou knocks out Matt Chanel in the second round. Mateus was very impressive. Chanel's chin, is not the best, but Nicolaou he threw a big right hand, and Chanel immediately dropped to a turtle position. And Nicolaou got the TKO. Nicolaou is in a great spot right now at flyweight. It's crazy to think that the UFC at one point wanted to get rid of the flyweight division. I'm sure you guys all remember this whole drama in 2019 when DJ went over to 1FC and they traded him for Ben Askren. And then Henry Cejudo was the flyweight champion. And then TJ EPO Dillashaw decided to come down to 125 pounds to kill off the flyweight division. But hey, Henry Cejudo gets a lot of hate. But I know that Cejudo saved the flyweight division or maybe it was Figueroa, because Figueroa got the belt after that when he beat Benavides. anyways sidetracked again ultimately my favorite weight class flyweights Nicolau he's in a good spot right now at flyweight he really is he could face the winner of Kai Kara France and Alex Perez both of those guys have fought for the title and you know they are both quality opponents Nicolau is in a great spot coming into 2023 and for sure a good matchup will come his way i'm confident that nicolau will get a good matchup and you know this is the cool thing about every division but especially flyweight because these past few years we've, we've just seen uh, morano and Figueroa fight each other you know perez was in there kaikara franz was in there but you know to see some new light in the flyweight division it's super necessary and nicolau can be that guy another fight that happened at ufc orlando is the Big boys. Sergei hey, Pavlovich versus Tayo Tuivasa. All I can say is, wow. Honestly. First of all, heavyweights are fucking badass. They're the biggest in size and have the most ferocious knockout power. A lot of people thought that Tuivasa was going to win, including me. He is a fan favorite. And when someone's character is liked a lot, you know that shoey thing he does with beer. He pours beer inside a shoe and drinks the beer off of that shoe. It's pretty fucking cool to see. But... Sergei made a big statement. He knocked out Tai Tuivasa in under a minute. Who the hell does that? That's amazing. And now he's ranked at number three. Sergei can now fight Cyro Gain, the former contender. He was the interim champion. Or Sergei can also fight Stipe. I don't know what the fuck is up with Stipe though, you know? He hasn't fought since uh, he got knocked out to uh, Francis Nungano in early 2021. So we'll see, but Seheri, he's ranked at number three. He's in a good, good spot. You know, maybe he can let things play out with Francis and Jones. That is a rumored fight. It might happen in March, and guess who's going to go watch that fight if it happens? Your boy, Lil Zeke right here. That's right. And there's also rumors that in March, under the same card as Francis Nugano versus John Jones, Henry Sahuda versus Benjamin Sterling will happen. Goddamn. Hey, I just love UFC, you know, so I get sidetracked, whatever. It's my podcast. But anyways, Sergei Pavlovich, good win. Let's go on and continue with UFC Orlando because this is a very interesting fight because Roman Dolizzi, I put up a post on my Instagram page last week on Blast Fight Life. Roman Dolizzi, he took a fight on a week's notice against Jack Hermanson, a top 10 ranked middleweight. And guess who won? Dolizzi won by a TKO with a calf slicer in the second round. This fight was amazing because not only did the take this fight on a week's notice, but not many people thought he would win because one, he was unranked, and two, he took the fight on short notice, of course. But wow, the Lidzi's grappling is next fucking level. The was a world grappling champion, and it showed. The somehow got a calf slicer on Hermanson and got the TKO. A calf slicer hurts like a bitch, I'm telling you. I trained jujitsu, and I've... Practice calf slicers. I've been put in calf slicers by better grapplers than me, and that shit hurts. But good for deletes that he is ranked now number eight in middleweight. He went from unranked to being ranked. And that's the beautiful thing about mixed martial arts because, you know, if you're always in shape, you know, and I know injuries can happen, I get that. But for pro fighters, you know, if you train smart, if you eat right, if you love what you do, if you have a positive attitude, and if you're always training, that call could happen any minute. That call from. Your manager can happen. Hey, do you want to take this fight on a week's notice? And, you know, easier said than done, right? But if you're Roman DeLizzi, he's training hard all the time. He said, fuck yeah, let's do it. Nothing to lose, right? I mean, he lost this fight. Okay. He took it on short notice. So what? You know, he lost. But he won. So good for him. Good for him. And now, how can I not talk about one of my all-time favorite fighters, Clay the Carpenter Guido. He won. My boy won. And when I first started watching UFC in 2011, I used to re-watch all of Guida's fights on UFC Unleashed on Spike TV. Only the real ones know. Only the real ones know. I love Guida. It's inspiring to see Clay Guida still compete at a high level while he still pursues other interests outside the cage. He has a fishing business and a t-shirt business and I think he's coaching. He's got all these things going. But Guida's wrestling will always be there. His strength his old man strength, basically, to secure those double legs and get those double leg slams is so, so fun to watch. He ended up beating Scott Holtzman via decision. So, Scott Holtzman, this was his last fight in the UFC. He did retire. And, I mean, for him to just be in a cage with a legend like Cole Guida, it's amazing. You know, maybe he lost the fight. Okay, fuck it. You know, you win some, you lose them. And he's retired now, but not many people can say that they competed against a ufc legend right so scott holtz i wish you nothing but the best in your uh, post mma career man i know you can do great things in life if you fight mma you can do great things in life as far as clay guida i saw an interview with him and brett okamoto guida is out here just trying to put on these records you know he might not be a title contender and you know 10 years ago he was almost in the title discussion. He was ranked like five or six, I think. If you guys remember, Clay Guida beat Anthony Pettis in Anthony Pettis' debut. And then Clay Guida ended up fighting Benson Henderson and Benson Henderson beat up Guida. And then Benson Henderson ended up becoming the UFC lightweight champion sometime in 2012. But Guida, with this fight, he landed some takedowns. Now Guida has close to 80 takedowns in the UFC. While GSP has about 90, so Guida can still compete, but his matchups have to be good. He isn't a top contender no more, like I said, so he could definitely beat guys up who have iffy records in the UFC. And if he wants to, you know, challenge himself with, you know, maybe an up and comer, maybe it might be a risky fight, but hey, Guida, he's got a good team behind him. Team Alpha Male, baby. The last fight I'm going to talk about at UFC Orlando is JSP, Jonathan Pierce. Jonathan Pierce, he's won five fights in a row in the UFC. He's a very, very good featherweight. He defeated Darren Elkins via decision. Five wins in a row for Pierce at Featherweight. How awesome. Uh poor Elkins though. Darren Elkins is a beast, the damage. But he had nothing for JSP. And it was evident, you know, yes, we know how Elkins is tough. But I keep seeing many podcast shows that I watch that they are saying that Elkins should just retire I think he should. I think he should retire. I mean, he's not going to be a top contender at featherweight. And he's definitely not going to be a champion, especially at his age. He's been around the block, you know. And he's gave us some very, very, very exciting fights. Go on YouTube and type in Darren Elkins highlights. You're going to see some badass fucking fights, you know. Darren Elkins is one of those fighters that he doesn't give a fuck if he's getting fucked up. Because he knows that if he's still standing, he has a 1% chance of still winning that fight. And that's why many people love Elkins. But hey, back to JSP, Jonathan Pierce. He's now ranked at featherweight. He's now ranked at number 15. And it is all tough matchups from here. I'm telling you. Five UFC wins. That's definitely a lot of momentum for JSP. But his possible next matchups could include the Ilya Tupuria and Bryce Mitchell loser. Or Dan Ige versus Damon Jackson winner as well. So... UFC Orlando was awesome. It was a free fight night. You know, go back and watch some of those fights. And I enjoyed that fight night. It was a very good fight night. Props to Steven Thompson for getting that win. Props to Clay Guida, the legend, for getting that win. But let's move on to UFC 282. It is happening this Saturday. Three days away. The last pay-per-view of 2022. Let's start with the prelims. Let's talk about the prelims. There's a guy on there called Edmund Shabin. Versus Dalcha Buila. Okay, Edmund Shabine. When Edmund came into the UFC, there was so much hype because of his history with Ronda Rousey. Edmund came into the UFC and won his first four fights with three finishes. But then the UFC said, you know what? Let's 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 test this guy. And he he lost. He lost three fights in a row. He lost to Derek Brunson, he lost to Jack Hermanson, and a year ago he got TKO'd by Nasorduin. Imaov. In New York. And that was brutal. Because when you're undefeated and when you have a lot of hype and then out of nowhere, you lose three fights in a row, holy fuck. That must fuck with your confidence. But hey, Edman is back. And the opponent he is facing, his name is Dalcha Lungiembula. Let's call him Dalcha. Dalcha is also on a three fight losing streak. So both fighters need a fucking win. And Edmund is a good fighter, right? We know that, but He must win this fight. But how? He needs to piece up Dalcha with combos. He needs to just fucking go for it. I know. Easier said than done, right? As far as Dalcha, he has that judo background. And he definitely just wants to knock out Edmund. That's I think that's what he's gonna go for. But you know, my prediction for UFC 282 prelims, Edmund versus Dalcha. I'm going with Edmund. Let's give him a shot, you know. He's gonna win. The youngest fighter in UFC. Right now, his name is Raul Rosas. And Raul Rosas is fighting this Saturday as well versus Jay Perrin. Rosas is a young ass motherfucker. A few months ago he won a decision uh and contender series and he got a UFC contract. His strong point is jujitsu. perrin Rosas opponent, he has some good boxing, but he definitely is an elite. Then again, that is how UFC builds up prospects, right? By giving them beatable opponents. This is Rosas UFC debut, lots of eyes. I got Rosas winning this fight, you know? Rosas is gonna win this fight, maybe by submission. He's definitely gonna try to put his jiu-jitsu on full display, but it's just amazing to see Raul Rosas competing in the UFC. When he makes that walkout, I'm gonna be tuning in on my phone and I'm just gonna be telling myself, wow, this young ass motherfucker, you know? His career could go two ways, either A, or maybe three ways, either A, he keeps winning and he becomes a title contender or champion in about four or five years. Or he loses some fights, he wins some fights. Or the third option, in a couple years or maybe soon, he just starts getting fucked up and starts losing a lot. You know, We won't know, time will tell. But Raul Rosas Jr., I am rooting for him. I need to talk about this fight on the main card because I'm going with my gut. But a lot of these podcasts that I listen to, a lot of these breakdown videos that I listen to... Okay, Bryce Mitchell versus Iliato Puriya. Bryce Mitchell, thug nasty. Bryce Mitchell thinks the earth is flat. I know, I'm not even going to go there. What the fuck? But Iliato Puriya, both are undefeated fighters at featherweight. I love this fight so much. I really, really, truly do. Bryce, his notable wins, Edison Barbosa and Andre Feely. In those two fights... He showcased his grappling with single leg takedowns and double legs. And his top game is very good. He looks for damage. He uses his striking to set up takedowns. Bryce Mitchell, it's evident that he has that white boy farmer strength. You know, he just, you can just tell, you know, he's a farmer. He loves his camo shorts and he probably has some badass strength. As far as Ilya Tupuria, damn, homie's got knockout power. Four KOs in a row. In a row. He also has very, very good grappling. But lately, obviously, specifically in the UFC, he has fallen in love with his hands. But before the UFC, Ilya Tuporio secured seven submissions in a row in his first pro fights. Some rear naked chokes, some triangles, and some guillotine chokes. I got Bryce Mitchell. A lot of people are saying that Ilya Tuporio is going to knock out Bryce, which, I mean, I could see happening. Uh. Iliato has great jiu-jitsu. I mean, he has fucking finishes on his record. You know, that has to say something. But here's how I think the fight will go. Bryce Mitchell is going to look for a takedown in the first round. And, you know, he's going to get the takedown. And he's going to try to land some ground and pound. He might try to go for funky submissions like twisters or uh, arm triangles or something. But Iliato he man, he, he, if he has his sprawl on point, if he has a good takedown defense... I got Leah Tuporia, but I got Bryce Mitchell, okay? Doug Nasty, Camel Shorts, Flat Earth, motherfucker. He's going to win. Another guy who's in hot waters is uh, Darren Till in uh, UFC 282. Darren Till versus Dricus De Plessis. Darren Till has to win this fight. I mean, he's 1-4 in, in his last fights. But Till, you know, if we look at his wins, if we look at his performances, Till's like a sniper with that left hand. If Tail's left hand does not work, then he has good kicks too. And let's not forget that Darren Tail has been training with Kamza lately. Smash Bros, we will see if Tail has new tools. We will see if Darren Tail has some grappling to uh, showcase against Rikul's Duplessis. As far as Duplessis, he leaps forward and throws punches. Duplessis is not that technical. He's not that technical either. But this is an interesting fight because a lot of people love Darren Till just because of his character and um, his interviews. And, uh, you know, he was a title contender at 170 pounds. That didn't work out. And lately, you know, his whole shenanigans and videos and his bromance basically with Kamzat Shumayev, you know, it's um, informed a lot of fans that, hey, you know, Darren Till is training with Kamzat, you know, so maybe Darren Till got better. You know, that's what I think. I think Darren Till... Has gotten better during these times. You know. He's had some injuries here and there. But. We will see. Mm-hmm. I got to go with my boy. Darren though. I'm rooting for him to win by decision. Alright. Darren until I might put some money on you. Alright. You know. Make me a happy boy. You know. Make me. uh Make some money. Darren until The gorilla. By decision. Or. Fucking knockout. Let, let's see what's up. Just like I talked about in UFC Orlando. How Roman Lindsay. Stepped up. Let's give a round of applause to Alex Morono. Alex Morono stepped up on five days notice to fight Santiago Ponzinibo. Santiago Ponzanibo was originally supposed to fight Robbie Lawler, but he's out. Wow. Morono is on a good, good run. He's on a 4-5 winning streak. Santiago has lost two decisions in a row. Santiago Ponzanibo is a better boxer than Morono. Santiago will win maybe by knockout, but I'm going with the underdog. I'm going with the late notice guy. I'm going with the guy who said, fuck it, let's step up to the plate. Let's take this fight on five days' notice. I don't give a fuck. I hope Alex Morono wins. He's won four fights in a row. You know, maybe he'll win five fights in a row, but Alex Morono's got nothing to lose here. You know, whether he's been training harder or not, it's going to show in the fight. And. I mean, this is a great fight for Santiago Ponzanibo because he's lost two decisions in a row. And, you know, if he beats Morono, you know, I think Santiago can say, okay, Morono's taking this fight on, you know, five days notice. I can beat him, you know. I-, I got the advantage. I got a full training camp. But we'll see. So make sure you tune into this fight, Morono versus Ponzinibbio, because it's a guy who has been training for a completely different opponent, Robbie Lawler. And out of nowhere, the UFC tells him, oh yeah, you're fighting Morono. You cool with that? And Santiago, like a true G he is, he said, fuck yeah. So that's going to be a great fight. But I got Morono. I'm going with the underdog. Cold main event of UFC 282. Patty the Batty Pimblant versus Jared Gordon. Patty the Batty. So much hype, right? So much hype. That fucking Edgar Justin Bieber haircut he has, you know. It's a good look for him, you know. Patty is a good jiu-jitsu player. But outside of his BJJ, he doesn't really stand out in any other department in mixed martial arts. As far as his opponent, Jared Gordon, he's primarily a wrestler. But he might not want to grapple with Patty because Patty has great jujitsu. But if Gordon wants to win, he should look to keep this fight standing. Then again, Gordon might indeed look to go for a takedown, you know, ego, right? I think Patty's going to win by submission. You know, there's a lot of hype surrounding Patty, but if he wins, he's definitely going to get a ranked opponent next or a fighter that's on a good streak. Uh, there's going to be a lot of eyes on Paddy. You know, there's a lot of pressure on Jared Gordon, too, because can you imagine you're fighting a guy who is famous? You know, he's a UFC superstar. Everyone in that arena at UFC 22, when Patty comes out, they're going to be fucking yelling his name out, Paddy the Batty or whatever the, the chant is going to be. Jared Gordon's going to go in there, and he better go in there knowing that, you know, he has to take this guy out. Because for you to be a guy to take out the, and I quote, hype train, would be amazing. It would be amazing. You would gain new fans. You would gain more popularity. And ultimately, you would win. Why would you not want to win against anyone in the UFC, right? But I got to go with Patty, you know, by submission, okay? Main event of UFC 282, Jan Blackowicz versus Magomed Ankalaev. This is the last fight. On the UFC pay-per-view, UFC 282. This is the last title fight of 2022. This is an interesting fight because originally it was supposed to be uh, Glover Teixeira versus Jury, the rematch for the UFC light heavyweight title. But Jury, you know, he pulled out. He pulled out, and Glover was offered to fight Magomed, but Glover said, you know what, I need more time. And, you know, props to Glover, man. You know, he's uh, he's aging like fine wine and he knew he needed to have a good training cap for this specific opponent. So either way, we're gonna get Polish power, John Blackowicz versus Magomed Ankalaev, Russian power. I'm going with Jan, you know, I'm going with Polish power. The former champion, he's got body kicks, he's got hooks. Those are his main attacks. But I will say this, if polished power John Blackovich wins, it's going to be in the first or second round, maybe the third. As for Magomed, he's a good striker, he's a good grappler, he's a fucking monster. Uh he won he's won eyes UFC fights. His first UFC fight was uh was a tricky cuz he was beating up his opponent and then in the last 10 seconds, uh Magomed got caught in a triangle. Shit happens though, you know. But the longer this fight goes, I think the more chances of winning are better for Magomed. You know, if 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 Magomed Ankalaev wins, that's gonna be awesome. New champion, that would stir things up at light heavyweight. If Jan Blackowicz wins, good for him. Two-time UFC light heavyweight champion. Hell yeah! Uh, but this main event is awesome. Yes, I know fans wanted to see the Jury versus Glover rematch, but let us enjoy this matchup. Former UFC champion versus a hungry contender. I got Jan winning by Polish Power KO or TKO in the first, second, or third round. I could be wrong. That's the beautiful thing about MMA, though, right? With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. But I still want to talk about something more. My good friend Richie Miranda. I met Richie Miranda exactly 10 years ago at Santa Ana College. We were on the wrestling team. And this Friday, I'm gonna go watch him fight again. He's fighting at lfa 148 the main event is leva versus brown which is a uh, waterweight fight waterweight title is on the line richard miranda my boy el machete make sure you all follow him on instagram okay go follow el machete on instagram l e l underscore machete m a c h e t e 714 Okay, go follow Richie Miranda, my boy on Instagram and my boy, Richie Miranda. He's undefeated. He's five. zero, all fucking finishes. He's a former junior college All-American wrestler at Santa College, the best community college in Orange County. Uh, And Miranda has knockout power. He has knockout power. It's that Mexican in him. You know, it's that Latino power in him. Miranda fights out of CSW gym in Fullerton. And his opponent, he's a worthy opponent, James Wilson. He is a Division I All-American wrestler. And he fights out of King's MMA in Huntington Beach. So this is going to be a good fight. You know, two Orange County wrestlers going at it. Of course I'm biased. Of course I got to go with my boy, Richard Miranda. But this is going to be an interesting fight. And for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm going to be live streaming the fight on my Blast Fight Life Instagram page. So make sure you tune in around 8, 30 p.m. or 9 p.m. on my fight page. I'm going to go live And all of you can be able to see Richard Miranda versus James Wilson. I'm so excited for him. I'm so excited for my friend. I'm so excited for him to succeed. I'm so excited to watch him compete in the octagon. And hopefully one day he can fight in the UFC and rep the city of Santa Ana. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I love all of you. I love all of my followers on Instagram, on Twitter. I love all my friends. I love my parents. I love myself. Hell yeah. Peace out. I'm going to make another podcast before the end of the year, okay? So stay tuned, brothers and sisters. Peace.